Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to Walden Behavioral Care's Eating Disorder Recovery Reflections podcast series. I am Katie Fitzgerald, Walden's Director of Communications. Recovery Reflections is a podcast series where individual eating disorder survivors share their personal journey from struggle to recovery. On today's episode, we will hear from Asha. Asha is the founder of the organization We Are Diabetes an organization devoted to providing support and resources for type 1 diabetics who struggle with an eating disorder. She has served as a member of the ADA Women and Diabetes Subcommittee, as well as Diabetes Advocates, and has devoted the last five years of her life to spreading awareness and providing one-on-one support to those who struggle. Asha has worked firsthand with families, patients, educators, and medical professionals in an effort to promote better treatment options for those who are suffering. Today, Asha will share her personal recovery story. Welcome, Asha. Thank you, Katie. I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, also known as T1D, when I was five years old. Although it didn't prevent me from having a wonderful, joyful childhood, It did change my relationship with my body and with food forever. My dad also has T1D, so I quickly learned everything there was to know about how to take care of myself at an early age. My parents said that if I wanted to go to sleepovers and be independent, I had to learn how to test my blood sugar, act accordingly to the reading, and to be able to give myself my own insulin shot. I was a T1D pro by age eight. My professional acting career had started only a few months after being diagnosed. And in the early years of my diagnosis, my diabetes never prevented me from performing on set or on stage at the top of my game until puberty hit. I remember constantly having low blood sugars during a dance performance around age 12 and feeling sick to my stomach because I had to drink so much juice to keep my blood sugars up. Scenarios like this are common for anyone with type 1 diabetes who is active. There are a lot of factors to calculate to keep your diabetes managed when you're exercising or when your heart rate is elevated by performing for hundreds of people on stage. I got very angry that my diabetes was trying to hold me back from doing something that has always brought me so much joy. I remember feeling the first seeds of resentment being planted around this time. My eating disorder did not start overnight. There were multiple factors that led me to choose this self-destructive behavior. The challenges and complications that living with T1D can create while trying to just be a normal teenager ignited a deep resentment and a deep sense of anxiety inside of me. I felt that I was trapped inside a failed body. All of the chronic health conditions I live with, type 1 diabetes, hypothyroidism, and PCOS 
are portrayed as barriers and sometimes even as the cause to healthy weight maintenance, and I became very anxious that I was doomed to live in a body that would never play fair. At age 13, I worried that my petite frame would suddenly morph into a body that was no longer my own. In an act of panic, I restricted my food intake, obsessively worked out at the gym for hours every day after school, and when that wasn't enough to ease my growing fear that my life and body were totally out of my control because of my stupid chronic health conditions, I started to omit my insulin. I figured if I didn't have to worry about being low in front of my friends or on stage, at least I could pretend that I was normal. What started out as an attempt to avoid having low blood sugars and an honest desire to just not have to worry about my diabetes for a few hours became the driving force of a very dangerous eating disorder that nearly cost me everything, my career as an actress, my marriage, and my life. By the time I went to college, my eating disorder had become the single most important thing in my entire life. It dictated who I was, my daily schedule, my relationships, and every single choice I made, both for school and in my personal life. No longer living with my family, who were already concerned about my eating habits and poor diabetes management, made it easy to fall into the dangerous and all-consuming rituals associated with diabulimia. None of my new friends I made at school ever questioned my choices or my behaviors because no one had the slightest clue about type 1 diabetes. They just figured I knew what I had to do to take care of myself. The obsession with weight, food, and exercise, while coping with multiple autoimmune disorders, left no time for studying. I passed my classes with the bare minimum of requirements and in some cases failed them altogether. I rarely went out with my friends or did anything that used to bring me joy. I used all of my energy to hide my eating disorder from my friends and my family. Six years ago, I took my first step towards living fully in my life again when I made an assessment appointment at the Melrose Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I was strongly encouraged to check into the inpatient treatment program that very day due to the severity and danger of my out-of-control diabetes. Recovering from any eating disorder is extremely difficult. It challenges a person both physically and emotionally. The process of learning how to cope with life and its unexpected challenges without the protection and safety of an all-consuming obsession leaves you raw and exposed to all of the emotional and physical feelings human beings are capable of experiencing. In the beginning, it was terrifying. I had to learn how to do everything again, but this time without my eating disorder influencing my thoughts and choices. Being in a relationship, buying food at the grocery store, going to work every day, and so many other facets of life were now totally different experiences. And it took time for me to adjust to even the most basic of normal people activities. Living with type 1 diabetes means that you have a different relationship with food than other people. You live your life in between the demanding rituals that happen multiple times a day, before and after a meal or any type of snack. When I look down at my plate, I don't just see the food itself. I see numbers. After living with T1D for over 25 years, I have calculated the nutritional components of thousands of meals 
while also considering the time of day, activity level, stress, and many other necessary factors before deciding how much insulin I need to inject. Although I'm now at peace with this routine, there are still challenges in navigating my diabetes management through my daily life, and there always will be. The difference is that now, when an unexpected challenge arises, I'm not afraid to do whatever is necessary in order to take care of my T1D and protect my strong recovery. I faced each new challenge with determination, reminding myself that I had the choice to take the coward's way out by returning to my eating disorder, or that I could make new choices that I could actually be proud of. Every new experience in recovery, no matter how small, even like going to a new restaurant out to dinner with my husband, offered a lesson for me. These small victories and lessons added up to a very strong and thriving recovery for me. Currently, I am now in my sixth year of recovery, and I continue to continue to learn new things about myself every day. Unfortunately, my story is not as unique as one might think. Recent studies have suggested that about 30% of type 1 diabetic women omit their insulin for weight loss purposes, and researchers have found that type 1 diabetic girls are two to three times more likely to develop an eating disorder than their non-diabetic peers. Once I was solid in my own recovery, I started to seek out other type 1 diabetics, like me, who had struggled with the fact that in order for them to take care of our chronic illness that, was nece- that, that had a necessary focus on food, numbers, and control, it could easily manifest into a deadly eating disorder. I discovered that there was a staggering amount of type 1 diabetics struggling with diabulimia and that their pleas for help and support from their endocrinologists, insurance providers, and even their own families were unheard. I knew I had to change that. We Are Diabetes was founded by myself, my co-founder Erin Williams, and my devoted husband on January 2012. We have created many unique resources for those who need support with their co-occurring type 1 diabetes and eating disorder. And also for any type 1 diabetic who may just feel a sense of isolation or diabetes burnout. Type 1 diabetes only makes up a mere 5 to 10% of the entire diabetes population. It is still very misunderstood by the general public, and unfortunately, even by some healthcare professionals. Many of the issues we face as type 1 diabetics are invisible. Our friends and coworkers don't understand how hard we work on a daily basis just to feel normal. We Are Diabetes strives to be a place where type 1 diabetics can feel understood and supported. Although recovering from an eating disorder was indeed the most difficult thing I have ever done, I wouldn't trade my experience for the world because now I know I can do anything I set my mind to achieving. Thank you, Asha, for sharing your recovery story with us. Listeners, we encourage you to share this Recovery Reflection podcast with those you feel could use a boost of inspiration as they travel their own recovery to eating dis- as they travel their Thank you, Asha, for sharing your recovery story with us. Listeners, we encourage you to share this recovery reflection podcast with those you feel could use a boost of inspiration as they travel their own road to eating disorder recovery. Thank you for listening.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.